Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we're talking about the 2001 rom-com Head Over Heels. But before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. If you love the podcast and you want to support us, here are a few ways you can. Did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners? If you want to be featured and help us grow, head to Apple, Spotify, Podchasers, Good Pods, or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. And if you want to support us further, head on over to ko-fi.com slash no more late fees and buy us a virtual cup of coffee. Or you can head to our Redbubble store at nomorelatefees.redbubble.com and check out some of our merch. Get a t-shirt, support us. But we do have to recognize that we are not behind our computers with our headphones. We're not. We're not. We're together in person. <laughs> um, really excited. We decided since we were together, we would do a real podcast studio experience. And we found a really great studio right here in Round Rock called Round Rock Podcast Studio. I have to make sure I get it right um, because... <laughs> I don't know, Austin. Round Rock sounds about right. Um, Absolutely glad that we're doing this. It's so fun. It is. Hopefully we could do it again. Absolutely. Shout out to the, let me make sure, if you guys want to check them out, um, it's Round Rock Podcast Studio. Check them out on Google or Instagram. You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? Tell me, Andre. There's no special features on that goddamn DVD, all right? Oh, wow. For <laughs> Hansel and Gretel? Hansel and Gretel. You the watch, DVD. You watch it? Yeah. Oh, Hansel and she basically has sex with it, somehow. No, it, foreplay. Yeah. Yes. She's, for, she's chair foreplay. They, I mean, they knocked out the park, which is why it's my number three. So. Oh! <laughs> yes. I mean, I wouldn't beat it, because this movie doesn't have women. But, you know, that's you why it has one. Right. It has one. You would have three lines of dialogue. So it has one three. Oh, okay. So I'm actually going to get, like, I actually get, like, I earn my, my, my four sentences of dialogue rather than, like, here, have a paycheck. You just stood there on the screen. You're a sexy lamp. Anyway, we're not. Phoenix, too. So, no. 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 All of those words were English, but the way you constructed yeah, them, I'm lost. I'm not, I'm not finding their ratings on them very well. For those who haven't rated us or uh, liked or given us a review, don't say that we haven't given you anything of value after listening to this podcast. You now know the difference between an R-rated dick and an NC-17 X-rated dick. You're welcome. Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. So Head Over Heels, in a reimagining of the Hitchcock classic Rear Window, Head Over Heels is the story of Amanda, who is unlucky in love, and after she catches her boyfriend cheating, has to move into a loft with four models. She sparks an interest in Jim, who lives in the building next door, but things take an unexpected turn when she thinks she sees Jim commit a murder from the window of her loft. With the help of her new roommates, they investigate Jim to see if Amanda's crush is a killer. 
It stars Monica Potter, Freddie Prince Jr., Shalom Harlow, Ivana Milosevic, Sarah Murdoch, Tamiko Fraser, and China Chow, directed by Mark Waters, written by John J. Strauss, Ed Dector, Ron Birch, and David Kidd. And it is not currently streaming, so you're going to hop on over to... You're going to have to hop on over to Amazon and purchase it on DVD. Right. To get it legally. (laughs) Why you always got to be saying stuff like that? I'm just saying, (laughs) if you want to legally get it, then you better buy it on DVD. If not, be out, think outside the box. (laughs) But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. So, you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal our rating of our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then, at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our skill consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. Trash. Straight-up trash. (laughs) All right. You want to start? What's your Y2K rating? I was quoting this movie before we even started watching it. So um, Y2K Jackie definitely bought it and watched it a lot. Um, Well, Y2K Danielle bought it. She had it. I don't know where it is currently. I didn't look on my shelf before I left if I even have it, but I know I did buy it. And I thought it was fun. Like, Rear Window used to be one of my favorite movies. So anything with a twist on that, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm down for. And it's and it's our daddy. It is. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> so I would give it a would buy myself. Tell uh, us about that box office. Oof. <laughs> well, it was, it was rough in 2001 for this movie. The budget was $14 million, um, and they only made $13.1 million back. Oof. And by most standards, the film was financially unsuccessful. Um, it was released in February uh, 2001. It opened at number seven in about 2,000 theaters. And it only grossed about $4.8 million opening weekend. And uh, it opened to largely negative reviews. Here's a wonderful one. Uh, head over heels. Oh, wait. Let me see. Robert K. Elder of the Chicago Tribune wrote, With her Julia Roberts-like vulnerability and Cupid doll eyes, what an insult, Potter certainly outshines Prince, who doesn't deviate much from his past teen dream roles, though he's winsome just the same. I will say his acting, not stellar, but he was still charming. Yeah, I mean, I think that is... The charm of Freddie Prince Jr. is that he can kind of get away with just being himself. Yeah. 100%. Um, but there were times where he was... The whole, oh, Hamlet, and right. like runs after the that dog. dog thing was ridiculous. But when I was watching this movie, it finally clicked for me because we just watched Point Break the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to our our friends that I finally watched. Um, but like, I feel like... Freddie Prince Jr. is... Keanu adjacent. Yes. <laughs> 100%. I can see that. Yeah. And who did we say also had Keanu vibes or Keanu was... Paul Walker. 
Yes. <laughs> Which is funny because we did She's All That and both Freddie Prince and Paul Walker are both in that movie. But yeah, they're giving that those vibes 100%. Um, it also said Head Over Heels was being blasted by critics as a huge mess. The plot and jokes were idiotic, while the toilet humor was gratuitous and more gross than funny. You know what? I have to disagree with this because I feel like we've watched some other movies where the to- they literally only had like one toilet kind of gross situation. Mm-hmm. And for that time frame, because you know, we think of um, The Sweetest Thing and... Even when we're watching Final Destination and the poop stuff. Yeah. Like, it just seemed to be a thing that happened in movies. Not sure why. Um, But I didn't think it was that ridiculous. No, there was just one over-the-top gross-out scene. The rest of it was pretty benign. And I still left. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I still left. Um, I do think it's interesting when we talk about the cast that Claire Danes was originally set to play the lead of Amanda but she had to drop out at the last moment and Monica Potter who had already been signed on for a smaller role was moved into Amanda's part as a result um which I I was like oh do I could I see Freddie Prince Jr. and Claire Danes together but then I remember they were in um for Jillian to Jillian on her thirty seventh birthday. birthday, long ass title, but <laughs> I he played like her boyfriend in that movie, so I was like, oh, they've already done something. But still, I can't see Claire Danes in a romantic comedy. No, and Monica Potter, like they just had such cute chemistry together. Yeah. I have a hard time seeing anyone else in this role. I'm surprised she didn't have a bigger rom com career because she she did a great job. And yep. I mean, it's like. If Sandy and Julia were busy, why not get the person that looks exactly like Julia but blonde? Yeah. I just exactly. Yeah. So Monica Potter was originally um, interested in the role of Candy, but Mark Waters saw her for the role of Amanda, uh, the lead instead. I cannot see her as Candy at all. I was gonna say the same thing. So I think it's funny that she like plays like they try to down her. Uh, make her dowdy a little bit mm-hmm. and I'm like okay yes she's not really quite tall enough to model be a model right yeah. but who are you trying to fool to make us think that she's like not a beautiful woman yeah that was weird but Candy I don't see her I've seen her in other roles and I just haven't I don't see her doing that I think because the model turned actress who played Candy <laughs> so um, was so fantastic. Like, I I feel like, um, and that actress is Sarah Murdoch, um, I feel like almost every person cast was spot on. Yeah, and in the middle of us watching it, I said to Jackie, I was like, oh, well, the girl who plays Candy was in the movie Get Over It. And Jackie's like, no, it's not. And it wasn't. But the actresses look very similar. One's from New Zealand. This, I don't know if she's from New, Ze- New Zealand, but she was from Australia in the yeah. movie. Um, they look very similar, similar accents. And they were both like these um, immense klutz yeah. in both movies. So I don't blame myself <laughs> for thinking that maybe they were the same person. So Freddie Prince Jr. was the first choice for the role of Jim Winston. Um, it was actually written with him in mind. That is also very interesting. I'm trying to think, like, 
I do feel like they had really good chemistry together, mm-hmm. but I also think like I would have liked to see Timothy Oliphant a little bit oh. longer. Yeah, he only gets one role as the cheating boyfriend or yeah. one scene as the cheating boyfriend. I just like to watch him in anything. <laughs> I It was a nice surprise because I didn't remember him being in that movie. So it was like, oh, it was nice. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. So uh, you want to hop, on, hop yeah. on in? Okay, so the movie is set in New York City. They did shoot in Vancouver as well. Danielle, could you tell when it was Vancouver and when it was New York? Um, I think like when, okay, some of the side streets when they were, um, at those warehouses with the dresses and stuff like that, but I think they did a pretty good job not, it not looking like a fake New York mm-hmm. because they did a lot of exterior shots where you knew it was New York. Yeah. So it's not like half baked where I was like, mm, this is not New York. <laughs> or Blade. Or Blade, where it was clearly Los Angeles. Yeah, no. So they passed the Danielle New York City radar. Like, I Excellent. didn't get taken out of the movie. <laughs> so we meet Amanda. She works um, at the Met. She restores Renaissance paintings, um, along with her friend and co-worker, Lisa. I love this actress. China Chow is fantastic. Um, she eats up every scene she's in in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I, you know, it goes back to that like um, woman of color playing the side friend to their only role is to lift up the white female protagonist. Mm-hmm. But like, she she did a lot with the little that was given to her. Yes. And we also meet their other co-workers who they dubbed the menopause triplets. I want to be friends with those ladies. <laughs> it's just three old ladies. And they just don't give a shit. Like, they just say whatever's on their mind. <laughs> Half of them can't hear anything. But they are really good comic relief in scenes that might have been way too serious to, like, yeah. in, in the movie. Her character, um, Monica Potter's character, being so like uptight sometimes it kind of got annoying yeah so they brought levity for sure yeah so we see a new painting is brought in and amanda has this thing where her knees get weak whenever she sees a new renaissance painting um apparently that is a disorder oh it's her character has the symptoms of stendhal Syndrome, a condition where being or where seeing a beautiful piece of art or something particularly pleasing to the eye can cause symptoms including dizziness and fainting. Ah. So, question: Does she really love the paintings, or does she have a disease? Does she really love Jim, or does she have a disease? I think it can be both, <laughs> because she so. has to have those feelings in order that for that condition to kick in. Yeah, it made me think of um, Mia from Princess Diaries yeah. having to have her foot, her pop. foot pop. Yeah. So we uh, this painting has a one of the people in the painting. His face is gone, and so she has to recreate a Renaissance esque face. That's her next uh, task. Um, and she does say art is better than real life because you can stay in love forever. 
And then she goes home to surprise her boyfriend, Michael, with dinner. And she walks in on him. He is a photographer. And uh, he's in bed with a model. I think he did this on purpose. Like, they're, like you have to be so bold. You guys live together. Yeah. So you know that she can come home at any time. Why would you do that? Yeah. And he's not really sorry. He, no, he doesn't even care. It's weird. So now she has to move out. She is sad in um, Lisa's apartment. And, oh, by the way, Lisa is a lesbian. Um, <laughs> I have lesbian friends. And I don't ever feel like we're going to be in the same bed and they're going to try to, like... Grab your boob. Grab my boob. <laughs> Lisa so, does. Uh, and then she asks... Is this okay? But she doesn't really ask. No. But I guess they needed some motivation for her to find her own apartment. Yeah. I just didn't think her friend had to sexually harass her for it to happen. I agree. Yeah. So uh, the next day, Amanda sees a flyer for a room in a loft, and she's going to to view the loft, and she is tackled by a huge-ass Great Dane named Hamlet. I... Okay, so situation you're you're amanda Mm -hmm. and you get sexually assaulted by this dog (laughs) do you stay mad when you see it's freddie prince jr who's the owner (laughs) i don't know i think it would be completely situational for me (laughs) i'm not getting mad the first time yes hamlet many other times I, i have to there is no control over hamlet and he just he attacks amanda and humps her every time so my question is, is it his dog or is he really walking it for someone? He Hamlet is not at the end of the movie. Yes, he is. Where? In the apartment? Okay, so well, you're right. We don't see him in the apartment, but he's walk he has him again. He's walking him again. Yeah, I think it's just some lady in the apartment. Because, like, both times are, or all the times that they're in his apartment, Hamlet's not there. That's true. Well, he's being very nice. I don't know. Yeah. But also, keep that dog on a leash. Right. <laughs> First of all, you're, like, that is so unrealistic to be having that big-ass dog in New yeah. York without a, a leash. That's just not happening. So, um, Jim introduces himself after Hamlet accosts Amanda <laughs> And as he's introducing himself, she gets weak in the knees. So we're like, uh-oh, she only does that with paintings. Right, because her friend does ask her, like, has this ever happened with a man? And she says no. So, yeah. like, now we know the the importance of the fact that she's doing this with this new man. So, um, And then there are there is some banter back and forth where she was like, <laughs> keep control of your huge dong, your huge dick, your dog. <laughs> So she does trip over her words when she is flustered. What is that, a Freudian slip, they yeah. would say? Yeah. Uh, so now we are in the loft. She is shown to her room, which is like a broom closet. So clearly these models are playing. They they scheme. I love them. They scheme yes. about everything. And so clearly when you see the closet, that was the room. Mm-hmm. But they have turned the closet into the room into the closet, a huge closet, and given her. I love when <laughs> she says, "That's not a closet. It has a window. There's a window in here." So 
that just justifies it. And she still pays for it. Yeah. But I do love that the rent is $500 a month now in New York, even for that size of a room, Mm -hmm. is unheard of. Yeah. Like, can't do it. And so um, Amanda is meeting her roommates. There's Candy, Roxana, um, trying to think of the other ones. Holly and Jade are the the four roommates. Um, Roxana is my well. Holly and Roxana are my favorites. Roxana is my favorite, hands down. <laughs> I love her. She is Russian. She is so sarcastic and like deadpan. Oh, chef's kiss. Um, so they say that they are the only non-smoking models in New York, and that's why they're rooming together. And then we get that that scene that's in all the trailers where it's like a camera POV where like the models look really tall and Amanda looks really short and she's like, Oh my God, you're all models. Um, I do love, so like Candy's whole side story is the fact that she's a newer model and she has like to have all these plastic surgeries Mm -hmm. because she's not symmetrical as she would say. And I do like that Monica's like, not Monica, Amanda is like, no, you are gorgeous. Why do you keep on having these surgeries? Yeah. So it's like a running gag throughout the whole movie that you see her with a, a, a million different bandages, which I can't imagine having that many surgeries back to back. Yeah. But she says she got it on a bulk deal. Yeah. Weird. And she looks. she's very naive and innocent. Yeah. Like she tells stories about uh, her her time on the farm in Australia and they're not great. No. Um she was her uncle Pete is a pedophile. Yes. hundred percent. Gross. It's just also like when you think about it, the way that they add those kind of things into movies as mm-hmm. jokes is like not okay. Yeah. You know? So Um, we find out as Amanda is moving in, there's like a group of guys and like a clipboard out in the hall. And apparently every night at eight, these guys come in, they sign up on the clipboard and then the models choose who they want to take them out for the evening. Jackie found this like whole thing unrealistic and I don't... I did not. It was Ken. Oh, you're right. Sorry. (laughs) Of course. Ken thought it was unrealistic and I was like uh this is a real thing that happened yeah I should have said have you ever heard of being flo- uh, flew out like flo- <laughs> <laughs> I'm being flown out um now it's just like you don't have to be a like a model model you just have to be an Instagram model and you can get all this crap yeah and so uh, Amanda is kind of thrown into this model world she (laughs) like they're all walking around topless like trading shirts and stuff trying to figure out when they uh, what they want to wear to dinner um and then they're all looking at the potential dates and they're like oh he has a not he has knockout knockoff Prada shoes that's a real Rolex and so uh, Amanda's just kind of like, oh, so you pick your relationships based on clothing and gifts. And they're like, yeah, what else? I'm 100% down with this <laughs> philosophy. And it is true. Like, if you really do want to see if a man is rich, and I've been told this by our very famous rich friend. Mm-hmm. You know who she is. I do. She said that you do have to look at a man's shoes. 
She shamed me for buying dresses on Amazon. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> so as um, Amanda is moving in, she looks across the way and she notices she can see straight into Jim's apartment. Right. So it, this is kind of a little montage of like they're watching Jim work out they're watching Jim feed the fish like it, it just like they, they have become obsessed yeah they have popcorn they have snack like it's a whole thing they have binoculars <laughs> um I just love that their door has this they don't have a like a peephole or a keyhole it's like what, one of those like, like castle slide you can literally spit your hand yeah, through it. Like a mail slap, but up high. Yeah. I do at eye like level. that. Uh, and, and the models know who he is. They say he's a fashion exec, and his name is Jim Winston. Uh, Jim Winston. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day, she's tackled on the street again by Hamlet. What's with, like, what's with this dog? <laughs> <laughs> he really likes her. He did look like Marmaduke. Yeah. I, I think that's the name, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and so later that evening, so so we get another meet cute, meet cute. She gets flustered again and says, I got the runs instead of I've got to run. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now we're, uh, she's at dinner with the models. Right. And um, she's like, oh my God, it's like $120. How are we going to pay this bill? And it wasn't even 120. It was yeah. $1200. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait a minute. Even if okay, even if it was $120, there was four of them. Five. No, there was only four Candy oh. stayed home. Oh, that's right. Because there was hairstyle diversity on this movie. And yes. if you notice, we rarely got a lot of moments where can there was Candy and Amanda. There was like a few scenes. Yeah. But not so much. Yeah. Um, so Candy was at home. There was only four of them. $120. I mean, I don't think that's astronomical. No. So uh, Jade is like, oh, we don't pay for meals. Holds up the receipt and all of these guys who have been waiting at the bar. And they're all like, we're at dinner with them. <laughs> but they have to sit at the bar. And so one, of, they're like falling all over themselves to be the ones to pay for dinner. Now, I could say that part was probably just a little unrealistic. Yeah. And, um, oh, I guess the montage happens now. Because they're like, Jim seems pretty perfect. And and Amanda's like, there's always a flaw. Like, I never fall for the good guy. So they're like, that's why they're watching um, him through the window. Other than being just (laughs) creepy stalkers. Is they're trying to find some sort of flaw. Like, so Girl Scouts show up. And they're like... Oh, look at these girls, blah, 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 underage, like, cookie ring, like, like just trying to find something. Or, like, he's holding a baby, and they're like, oh. He's got a baby. He's got a baby. And then it's like the parents walk in, and he was just holding the baby for the parents. So it's always something, and she's trying to figure out, like, what his flaw is. Yeah, she wasn't willing to take this leap of faith. Um, and then they find out. I, I believe they find out mm-hmm. that he's throwing a party. Yes. Um. So they see him preparing for it, and the girls are like, "Look, we're just gonna crash. We're models. Like, who doesn't want models at, at the party?" Which, I guess, is very true. Yes. Um. And so, and then we get a makeover. We do to Abba. 
Gotta love that. Um, <laughs> so they give Amanda a model makeover. I don't like the dress that she's wearing. I, the the makeup is way too heavy and dark. Yeah. Um, but she does have like bright pink. Eye, it's very early aughts. Yeah. Bright pink eyeshadow with like a bronze lip. And I was like, this doesn't even. It was. It was. I thought it was dark eyeshadow, and her lip was like a weird. Red, like yeah, it just was like a like, brick ready, yeah. bron- like it was not, not great. Um, and they're in the elevator and they're giving her like the little pep talk, like, okay, this is how you act like a model. Um, uh, clench your cheeks so she like sucks in her cheeks, then they're like, not those, and like smack her on the ass. <laughs> and then the one of my favorite lines, um, Roxanne goes, turn them on the headlights, and they all start like pinching their nipples to make them hard. <laughs> I I guess you got to do what you got to do. I guess so. Like Rachel from Friends all the time. So they they show up at Jim's, um, and then he's kind of just like schmoozing everyone. He's a grade-A douchebag. Yeah. Like she's just watching him, and he's literally saying the sleaziest things. And she's like so turned off by that, and she's like, I'm out. Yes. Um, So she walks out to the stairs, and she... um, you see Jim sitting on at the top of the stairs. I guess she didn't see him until after she passed him. And he was like, Amanda? And as she turns around, she loses her balance and falls down the stairs. I'm gonna I, I'm probably told this story already, but like to fall on those iron cast stairs is no joke. And yeah. she didn't just like kind of stumble. She did like a full roll down those stairs backwards. She would have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> just, I like, there's no way she's popping up for that. Not dead, maybe, but it, very much in pain. Yes. Um, and so uh, she stops to talk to Jim after she regains consciousness. <laughs> she pops right up and yeah. she's fine. Um, and she's like, I'm leaving. Like, this is not my scene. And um, he does say something about how he hopes she's not a model. Well, yeah, she tries to explain that, like, her mo- her mo- she lives with a bunch of models and they, like, got her all dressed up or whatever. And he does say, well, you know, I really hope you're not a model because it's, like, one of the things I do like about you. Mm-hmm. So that, you, which is completely different from what she just saw inside. Right. And um, she does make a comment that, like, it seems like he's two different people. Right. Um, and, and she's like, you need to get back into your party. And he, he does tell her that you are the party as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Did that get you? Did that melt you? I wrote it down. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And they, they have like a good conversation there Mm -hmm. outside for a while. He gives her his jacket. Um, and then they're interrupted by one of his fashion crony guys who, I guess he what he's really trying to do is get an introduction to somebody called the chairman. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy, he's been talking to this guy, and he's like, "I got to go back inside." Yeah, um, she does ask him out, and he he it looks like he wants to say yes, but he does tell her no, um, mainly because he said he's got a lot of projects and stuff going on, and then so she backpedals and is like, "Oh well, you know, um, me too." Yeah. All that restoration, hard work. <laughs> so she leaves, and you could tell she's kind of like sad. 
and they do um they do kiss or no not yet so um she she, sorry (laughs) i know i'll cut that part out so um as she's she's downstairs and she's walking out and jim has like chased her down and is all out of breath I try to understand these buildings. Like, are is it like one of those U-shaped buildings where it's the same building but there's different elevators, or is it two separate buildings? I don't know. It's what I'm curious. I about. know. <laughs> um. So he does say he wants to go out with her, and he kisses her. Um, and, and so, ask her out. They they yes, plan a date. They plan a date. And so later on that evening, she's back up in her loft she's still kind of looking into his apartment (laughs) and um she sees him with a woman and someone she saw at the party like that it seems like it's lingering so now she's like oh well maybe it's not what i think it is right like yeah. yeah um and jim closes the blinds which he never closes the blinds right and it's only her and Candy home mm-hmm. because the other models stayed at the party. And Candy now has surgery on her eyes, so she can't see anything. And this is where we get into the rear window of it all. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Candy says this was one of the lines where she she's like, maybe it's her sister, and the uh, and. <laughs> One of the other models is like, it's not the Outback candy. <laughs> like, you don't close your blinds if you have your sister over. Um, and then everyone is going out to the club, I guess. They're back in the loft. Right. They're changing so that they can go out to the after party or something. Right. Um, and so while they're changing, um, Amanda sees the shadow of Jim... Like, it looks like he's hitting her with a baseball yes. bat, and then you kind of see her fall back, and you just, all you see is her hand mm-hmm. from, that's not hidden by the curtains, and, like, of course, Amanda goes crazy. I honestly, I, if I had saw, if I, if I saw that, I wouldn't talk to him again. Yeah. I would be so scared. <laughs> <laughs> so she does call the police. We get the most misogynistic cop ever. I, you know, when we rewatched this, I was like, I do not remember this at all, but I am very angry with this man. I, I don't either, and I think that speaks to, like, the time and how... Used to it? Yeah, like, yeah, just desensitized to it we were. And also, I, I think I was more mad because she, like, didn't, didn't stand, stand up, yeah. and, and, like, at all. I would have just gotten the Russian girl to put him in place, but, yeah, he was... Ugh. I just, was it necessary? Was it necessary to the storyline? I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't. Because at one point he was like, uh, she asked for his badge number. He's like, it's right here if you can count that high. I mean, we'll we'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the next morning, it's 7 a.m. The models are just getting home. And she fell asleep. Well, no. Okay, yeah. so the cops can't, and then she, so she fell asleep by mm-hmm. the window, um, and the very next morning, she does doesn't she go to the precinct to 
No, uh, well, she does, but not before. So the models wake her up as they come in, and she looks over at Jim's apartment, and he oh, has a cleaning back. crew, right, 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 like deep cleaning the the apartment. And then she goes down to the precinct to see if there was any follow up, and the cop is pretty much like, "No body, no crime." Right. Tough titties. <laughs> and they just laugh at her. And so her, the model friends are like, look, just do your own investigation. Yeah. Um, you know, see if he's really a bad guy. And so that is what sets them all to help her look into him and follow him and watch him. Yeah. Which I kind of feel like knowing what we know about Jim, how did they not, how did he not know they were yeah. following him? Maybe he didn't. I don't know. Because I feel like the Russian guy mm-hmm. eventually, like, he mentions the models and her. And I feel like the only reason they knew that is because they probably saw, well, we see we see them see the girls following mm-hmm. Jim. But I felt like he already knew they were following him before they that scene. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> oh, and they did say Megan, the girl that Amanda thinks FGP, uh, FJP uh, FPJ Jim. <laughs> killed um, was out of town. Right, because I think he does say that he, mm-hmm. at some point uh, he, he says that she's out of town or something. Yeah. So now we're back at... Oh, no, the cops said it, that she was out of town. Yeah. And so they have to get a hold of her. Of her. But they're not worrying. They don't care. Yeah. Um, so now we're back at work. Right. Go ahead. And uh, is this when Jim comes and surprises her with roses? No, this is when the models show up. Right. And they're deathly afraid of the basement level or whatever. Yeah. I just want to say they did a horrible job of uh, making Amanda believable as a restoration artist. First of all, she has a coffee there were so many like snacks and drinks in that room. There's no way. There's no like HVAC system to like keep dust particles off of no. these paintings. She was no um, Wonder Woman. <laughs> that's correct. she was no Wonder Woman restoring because that's all I was thinking about when I was watching it this time. <laughs> Diana would never. Yeah. So, um, the models show up. They encourage her to keep her date with Jim. Um, I think this is where they tell her to do her own investigation. Yes. Right. Um, and then she, and she is painting his face to replace the missing face in the painting. I and mean, then I'm fine with her using his face, but his spiky hair. <laughs> That's not period correct. It is not. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I'm no history buff, but I think <laughs> Amanda... Um, and then this is where she goes into this like long diatribe about like I don't care about him and she's saying all the things she likes about him but like I don't care and she's weeping and then one of the menopause triplets is like I'm gonna have red beans for dinner she said it twice and I I mean we were dying when she said it but then she she like explains herself she's like 
I only caught every fifth word, but that girl is head over heels. So right. that's where we get the title of the movie from. And it has to be noted that one of the menopause triplets is definitely sleeping with their old man boss. Yes. I mean, they're old, too. I don't even like the word of menopause triplets because they're way outside yeah. of menopause. I don't know. I don't know. Knocking on the uh, heaven's door triplets is what we should call them. So um, the Amanda agrees to investigate Jim. They go to the maintenance man in his building and they're seducing him, her and Roxanne. But it doesn't work. What does he want, Jackie, instead? He wants Roxanne's dress for the key to Jim's apartment. He He's easy to pay off. Yeah. He reminds me, have you seen um, the Netflix movie Set It Up? No. We'll have to watch that. Okay. Um, Titus from um, Kimmy Schmidt mm-hmm. movie, uh, TV show. He's in it and he plays like a very weird, similar situation, but not with the dresses. Plants are actually his oh, thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. So... Um, Amanda and the models go up to investigate Jim's apartment. They find dirty laundry with a blood stain in quotation marks. Uh, it turns out to be ketchup. Um, Roxanne is sitting eating cheese <laughs> the whole time they're investigating. All I was concerned with when Jim does finally come into the to his apartment, like, was the plate of cheese there? <laughs> Did she help herself? Did she help herself to it, or did she find the cheese and use it? Like, and did she put the knives back? Like, I had so many questions about just that interaction. And I love how she's like, "So, if you find the twenty a twenty dollar bill on the floor of someone's apartment, is that the same as finding it on the street?" And they're like, "No." And she's like, "Oh, so I found nothing so far." <laughs> she was supposed to be looking. Um, I don't know if it, it was like his laptop or something, but she found these cheese daggers right (laughs) um and so then i want to say her name properly uh, the character's name oh gosh so holly she stays in the apartment just to be the lookout Mm -hmm. and to try to get their attention here's where i have questions Clearly, Amanda has a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So why did we have this whole scene where Holly finally sees because Jim's elevator is broken. Mm-hmm. So he is going up the fire extinguish fire, fire escape. escape. Sorry. Fire escape stairs. Um, and so she realizes and trying to get their attention, but she doesn't call their cell phone. She's literally trying to catch her attention. And so she throws a kiwi first of all the chances of her actually throwing that kiwi and hitting that window yeah don't believe it secondly (laughs) hitting it without breaking the window don't believe it um so i don't like that just bothered me because some of our other movies i'm like okay they didn't have cell phones yeah but we see amanda using a cell phone so that bothered me and this is also when we get when she's first like waving and trying to say jim's coming um, this is where Candy says, charades, no props, and no clothes. Uncle Pete's rules. And Jade responds, uh, no more stories from the dark farm. <laughs> also, like, it made me laugh because when we play charades, we have to be, when we, I think it's gestures when, with my mom, we have to, like, make her sit on her hands. Mm-hmm. 
because she does not follow the rules of any of those games. Either she's not quiet or she can't move her hands. Stop yeah. moving her hands. It's a it's a nightmare. But not the no clothes. That's <clears throat> gross. Yeah, I agree. So the models are hiding in the shower. Jim comes in. Um, Amanda is under his desk. She overhears like a conversation he has where they're talking about a runway. Right. Um, and Jim then has to go for a number two in the bathroom. Yes. So I guess there is two more two toilet yeah. humor things. And, you know, I have to say I would have been fine with not hearing the sound effect. Like, I don't yeah. want to, to hear Freddie Prince Jr. shitting. Yeah. It was not fun Not for necessary. Me. Yeah. Yeah. But he does wash his hands. Yes. I was, <laughs> I was very upset about him not wa- It's like, oh my God, did he wash his hands? And then one of the characters um, says, oh, if he did not wash his hands, this investigation would be over. Yeah. And I would, I, I would have to agree with Roxana on that one. Um, so they leave the apartment, well, after he leaves, and, um... Uh, the next scene is he shows up at, um, Amanda's job with flowers. And she's so creeped out. And, like, I wonder if he got that vibe that she seemed kind of nervous and scared that he was coming on in there (laughs) out of nowhere, because she jumps. Yes. And she's like, this is my friend Lisa. She knows black belt. And she's a black belt in karate. And he goes, oh, me too. And Lisa's like little, oh. <laughs> and she moves over. Yeah. I would have loved it if they actually said that it was jujitsu because that's what Freddie Prince Jr. actually knows how to do. Yeah. So um, he just says he couldn't wait to see her. So he, he stopped by. Um, she asks... If the police ever found that woman and he's like, oh, no, this is when he's like, oh, no, she's just on vacation. Right. Um, And now there's more like stalking around the city. Uh, Candy gets caught up in a dress and (laughs) somehow they end up with the dress just to like sneak away. They're just like rushing to get away. Um, Amanda uses that dress to gain access to his storage locker right. by giving it to the maintenance man. <laughs> Which later on, I'm like, come to find out, spoiler alert, the dresses are covered in diamonds. Right. I first, because knowing like seeing this movie, yeah. knowing the ending, I was like, oh, is this where they figure out the diamonds on the dress? But I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, so she she's in the the storage area. She sees Jim like Jim happens to come in. So she sees him like take this giant ass bag out of his storage locker, um, and she's like, "This is it. He's going to bury a body in Central Park." But okay, first of all, it doesn't even make any sense because even if she's like, uh, that girl was more than a hundred pounds, I would guess. Yeah. He can't just carry it the way he was carrying it. Yeah. Like, it didn't even seem like a body. I'm like, girl, you're out of control. She followed him in a, mm-hmm. in a cab to where he was going to bury the bill, the bury the, um, the, the body. body. But, like, also, it's a very open space. It's a fucking baseball. Uh, but it was diamond. dark. She didn't realize it was a baseball diamond. She's a horrible investigator. <laughs> And come to find out, Jim coaches Little League, and that's when she finally lets her guard down. Is like, oh, he is. That's all it took. Apparently, just like so. He he 
he's he's a coach just like Keanu in Hardball. Yeah. So um, about this time, uh, I, I think they say that he's from Belgium earlier in the movie. Um, this guy shows up who was at the party um, and he has this portrait that he wants uh, Amanda to restore. He shows up at the loft. Okay. This should have been, Belle should have been ringing off for her with this. Because yeah. first of all, how do you know where I live? Right. I, it's not like she's a famous restoration. And it's not like the the museum would be like, go to her house. First of all, if you came to my house, I'd be freaked out. And I would tell you, you need to go to the museum and mm-hmm. go figure that out. Um, but she didn't do that. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was weird. And how do you not know what bullet holes look like? Yeah, she's like, there's these weird holes. He's like, oh, they're mice. And she just believes him. I know him. If you live in New York, first of all, <laughs> if you live in New York, you know what mice bitings look like. Yeah. Don't care how nice your apartment is, you know. Um, so we... I'm trying to... Um, oh, uh, Holly is at a fashion show. Right. Um, she overhears Bernie asking Bernie? Jim about Megan. So loud. He's yelling yeah. just like, whatever happened to Megan? But it is to be noted that he was sexually harassing her yes. at the party. Yeah. So um, so she's immediately like suspicious again of Jim. Um, now Amanda and Jim are on their date. Uh, the models are kind of around the corner now spying on Amanda and Jim. Because now they're actually worried because now they have this bit of information that Amanda has not shown up in yeah. a long time since she was on vacation. Yeah. And it's freaking fashion week. Anybody in fashion knows you're not going on vacation during fashion week. So, um, and this is the second gross out scene. Like Jim and, <laughs> and Amanda have a nice date. And as they're leaving, the model's kind of back into the men's room not to be seen. And apparently the men's room is out of order. And um, as the plumbers are snaking the toilet, uh, it comes out in the other stall where all of the models are. I would say this scene is probably very unnecessary. I agree. Um, Also, the reason this is all happening is because Jim has to go to the payphone. Gosh, a payphone. To make a call. Because something has alerted him that something is off, something is wrong. So, yeah. So, um, oh, Jim then takes Amanda on a second surprise, the second half of their date, and it's to the aquarium where the belugas are. (laughs) So they, the, and, and, Candy had called him Mr. Fish Tank earlier because he has a fish tank in his apartment. So mm-hmm. then Amanda starts calling him Mr. Fish Tank, and there's much making out. They go back to Jim's, and they, they bone. Yep. Um, and they continue to bone for. I guess we're, we're we have to guess it's like a few times, a few dates, or whatever. Yeah. Because the girls have insinuated that she's been over there and then for the first time they leave the blinds open and and they get it on so the girls are having like a full on (laughs) dinner in a movie kind of situation (laughs) watching Um, and as this is happening you could see that she Amanda is trying to like get more information Mm -hmm. about Jim and his life and who he is Um, and then he shows her that he could throw a dagger she jokes that he throws like a girl but then we see that he actually like hit a fly yeah um 
and then she when she comes back home she's like going on a trip he asks her to go on a trip with mm-hmm. her and the girls are like they're gonna she, he's gonna <laughs> whack you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they tell her their suspicions yeah so well, let's fast track this bad boy. Okay, so um, uh, um, Jim has figured out, like, the money's being... So Jim confesses that he works for the FBI, and he's trying to figure out how um, that Mr. Chairman mm-hmm. is smuggling money into the country. And he knows it has something to do with Antwerp, and dresses but he can't figure out the rest um and they get kidnapped because amanda goes down to where jim is and like accuses him of because in the newspaper it's planted that the girl was there's a body now Mm -hmm. so she gets really upset a chase starts because jim like you said he admits that he's in the fbi um then the models get kind of roped into it they get pulled and they get pulled into it and they get kidnapped and tied up at one of the like dress factory places. And while they're tied up, they realize that the dresses actually have diamonds. And so that's how the money has been mo- being moved all this time. They're able to get out. And of course, as they're running, there just happens to be a limo there for them to just hop into. Yeah. And it's the biggest designer. And he's looking for models because their models, his models have dropped out. So now all of them have to be in the fashion show. And even including Amanda and she at first she's not down with it but the Russian guys are like all chasing them so it's a crazy fashion runway situation with them um but they're and they end up being able to like <laughs> fight all these Russian guys and take yeah. them out um and then the FBI arrest them and all is good Jim it's like this is his career. He he got a really good pat in the back. And they actually run into that police officer and they are able to say, huh, look, we helped solve this case and you did absolutely and nothing. And the FBI is like giving us like awards for it <laughs> right? type thing, recognition. Um, but then soon thereafter... Jim just disappears. Like, after that case is over, like, he just... Well, he disappears because Amanda does... Like, he says he wants to date her. He says who he's really... His name is Bob Schmoot or something like that. And he wants to get to know her, but she's like, no, she can't trust him. Mm -hmm. Um, She regrets it, of course. She's painting him still in that damn painting, and he disappears, and she can't find him anywhere. Um, But as she's walking down the street, here comes the damn dog, and he jumps her, and there is Bob, because he's not Jim anymore. And Jim moves out of, like, the fifth floor, and then (laughs) immediately Bob moves into the sixth floor. So it's like this whole thing where it's like, hey, I'm just moving in. Nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, they share a kiss. Uh, Bob's knees buckle. Right. <laughs> Hardly believe it. Yes. And they fall in love. Yes. And, and that that's is head over heels. Yeah. Don't forget to check out our socials at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. And let's get into our ratings. So what is your present day rating? Uh, not only did I buy it on DVD off of Amazon to watch it, I <laughs> still love this movie. I would rewatch it over and over again. I I always like this movie. I'm, I'm teetering because I don't know if it's like a would buy it 
again or of a five-day rating. But at a nostalgia, I'll just go with the would buy it. Ooh. Just call it a day. Let's be on. Let's be in sync on this one. <laughs> it's going to be a 2023 employee wreck. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you have opinions about this movie, hit us up at our quick drop, 909-601-NMLF, 909-601-6653. Twat us at the Twitters or leave a voice, mes- voice message on our Anchor FM account and you can be featured on a future episode. And join us next week as we celebrate the 25th anniversary of a official Jackie and Danielle movie, Desert Blue. And as always, be kind and rewind.